0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek. And as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? What's going on, Derek? Oh, man. I I, I really thought the Bulls coming into this week would be about close to 500.
1: Oh, you have some lofty expectations. Um, yeah, like the buildup was that like the, the amount of games that this team was going to be playing, um, after the second half of the year, it was going to be a difficult stretch of games. Um, so yeah, really with, with what was going on, I, you know, it, it did allow for the possibility for the Bulls to actually. Do better than what they were because we were looking at those um, at uh, a couple of the games prior, and we saw that the Bulls not only had a chance to win, but had big leads on playoff caliber teams and couldn't pull it through. So it's not not out of left field you thinking that they could possibly be at five hundred, but uh, you just have more faith than me. <laughs>
0: I mean, we got that win over OKC, and we're going in against San Antonio. We were up big. Without DeMar DeRozan. Lead. <laughs> right, without DeMar DeRozan, there's another LaMarcus Aldridge. Nope. We're, we're up big, and somehow they blow that lead. Yeah, I mean... Couple
1: <laughs> When when you think about it, because like I have to, I have to always take a step back when I'm evaluating this team and how far they've gotten this year, um, as opposed to last year. Like last year when they were going up against opposing teams, even if like the the star players for opposing teams were not playing. The Bulls found a way to not only lose games like that, but to get blown out in games like that. So um, I guess you could say that it's kind of a step forward with them jumping out to these big leads and then just letting them go. Like, is that... Like, I'm, I'm trying to find a soft landing spot for Bulls fans who are about to run over a cliff. <laughs> And I haven't found one myself, so I'm just making it up as I go along. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like it's for it's, it's kind of obvious to anybody who's been watching this team from uh, not just like um, a regular fan perspective, but from afar. Like they have talent. Um, they have some young talent that's surrounding uh, Zach Levine, but it's it's just, it's not enough. And looking back at what transpired last year with Boylan and his, um, I don't even want to say the direction he took the team because he didn't take it in any type of direction. He really just made things stagnate, but just looking at his influence it would have been better for us if we had a general idea of the talent that we have on this roster as, you know, like under a competent coach. We're just now getting a competent coach in Billy Donovan. But a lot of these players have just had such a negative um, have just had such a negative impact from that one year. I don't know how, how a coach could have such a negative impact for one year, but we see like, it's just been detrimental to a lot of these young players and their growth. But, you know, it's, it's obvious to anyone looking from outside that they just, they don't have enough. Like it's Zach Levine, Thad, and a bunch of guys for right now. And it's, I don't want to say that I don't think that those young players can get better. But if you're trying to, like, put them on the time frame of having a talent like Zach Levine, I from here, it's like, well, the the Bulls have to have to make some some pretty big changes in a short amount of time if they want to see any type of progress for this team moving forward.
0: Yeah, with the um, trade deadline coming up Thursday, it's going to be interesting to see because you now we're starting to hear a couple rumors about who the Bulls could go get. Of course, we're back to Lonzo Ball.
1: Yeah, if I hear another person tell me about how the Bulls should make a play for Lonzo Ball, I'm going to spit blue flames. Like, I <laughs> I don't understand the love affair that people have with Lonzo Ball. And like, I would be fine if you could go and get Lonzo Ball for like somewhere in the range of 10 to 15 million dollars per year, Um, given how he's he's he has shown growth as a player and he's a competent point guard. He's not, you know, going to blow you away. He doesn't put any stress on defenses because he doesn't have an outside shot um, that is consistently something that you have to worry about he doesn't put stress on defenses by being able to get to the rim uh, whenever he wants to um like um like a russell westbrook or you know um uh, the, the point guard that we just faced in okc with uh shy uh shy alexander so i don't understand people overestimating his value to the teams that he's been on he he wasn't very good with the lakers and he hasn't had like a tremendous impact on the pelicans i don't know what it is that people are seeing where they are are thinking that the Bulls should make a run at the guy especially for someone who you know he's going to try to command as close to 20 million dollars per year because he's he's this is going to be his second contract right so yeah, I don't I don't understand the love affair that people have with him other than looking at that one year from when he was in college, you know, um I I don't get it.
0: Yeah, um when it comes to Alonzo, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, he, he he's improved his shooting this year. Um, he gives you a defensive presence in the backcourt next to Zach, uh, especially with his height. Um, you no, know, even Stacy King seems to be on board now because he tweeted out earlier. Alonzo Ball is a stud, two-way player, makes teams better. Pass first, pass second, pass third. Type of point guard, size, and but length, I,
1: I, ho- I gotta guard. stop there for one thing. How is he
0: making teams better? <laughs> Um, with his passing, I'm assuming.
1: Okay, but like has it translated into like making – like helping Zion or Ingram get any better as players? I don't see like – because Ingram was an all-star last year, right? Um, and Zion was a an all-star this year. I don't remember, like, a whole bunch of people attributing their success to Lonzo Ball. Yeah, not, not that I know of. <laughs> and they're a team that's under 500. Like, a lot of people were thinking that the Pelicans were going to be able to move into one of the playoff spots. Um and not just a plan. just, you know, people just thought with the trajectory of the team, they have uh, another, head, another head coach in Stan Van Gundy, um, and they have those young players in Ingram and Zion. They just thought, okay, they're going to make the next possible step in the process of getting um, the Pelicans back into playoff, you know, being playoff contenders. I don't see – I see a team that has not lived up to – where people thought they were gonna be this year and I don't see him really affecting winning so much. Like I'd have to go back and look to see like what his his stats are against some of the top point guards in the league. I know they say that he can he can guard one through three, but I haven't seen any of that translating to winning at all. I see, like, the shooting has improved. Somebody, somebody tweeted out a stat that a ball had made more three-pointers than Trey Young this year, which I'd have to really go back and look that up to believe that because I find it hard to believe. But, you know, it's one of those if you say so. But even with that, I don't <laughs> – like, how is that helping a team progress and get better?
0: Uh. Yeah, I I've never been the Alonzo Ball supporter, so I I can't answer you on that one. I mean, like like to
1: me, I think you need a a competent ball, a uh, point guard, uh, which I think that they have that with Sato and making his decision making thus far. Now he hasn't been, you know, stellar or anything like that, but he does make pretty good decisions on the court. I think it's a matter of them adding guys who can create and make their own shots around Levine. Like that's why I was like, if they could find a way to get their hands on a DeMar DeRozan or a Malcolm Brogdon or, um, you know, a, a Vucevic, like a center who, who is an actual center, like an actual threat to get rebounds, play some defense, and score, I think that that would make more sense to surround Levine around those types of players than just, you know, mortgaging a lot for in, in, a point guard in, in, in Lonzo who people believe has more upside than he's really shown.
0: I mean, it could be uh... a, lot of, a lot of people... Like I said, or like Stacey, where they feel, you know, his pass versus his size and, you know, his defensive abilities next to Zach would help the team out and, and you know, playing under Billy Donovan. Um, another thing I've seen out there uh, is that the Pacers are open to moving Michael uh, Borgdon. Bogdan? Bogdan, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like if, I mean, I, hasn't he been one of those, like, uh, what was it, it's like an 80-40-something stat, like, as far as, like, his shooting and his scoring and, you know, his general playmaking? I, I think that that would be a smart thing for them to add if they possibly could. Because I remember, like, he came from um, – it was uh, Milwaukee that he came from, right? And right. it seems like that team has never quite been the same since he left.
0: Yeah. Giannis definitely needed him yeah. there.
1: <laughs> like a guy who just knows how to play basketball is a very good playmaker, very underrated playmaker, in my opinion. Um, and then they went out and they like tried to fill the point guard position Um with I think it was Eric Bledsoe, and then he got moved out of there and they brought in True Holiday. And I'm like, they they just they haven't not been the same team since that guy left. And you know that, that's gotta be one of those like all-time, all-time deals that um really hindered a franchise from making that next step. I thought that the the Bucks were on a good trajectory. In those terms, but like they never really got over having a guy like Brogdon on that team. And as far as him being on the play, the Pacers, like the Pacers have had a whole bunch of injuries, including Brockton this uh, year alone, too. So, you know, I, I see why people might be questioning Brogdon because the Pacers haven't had nearly as much like when they were playing in the bubble. A lot of people thought that, that was another one of those teams that was going to be on the rise, taking that next step, but then they had a whole bunch of injuries, and then certain players didn't really progress how they wanted them to progress. Like I thought a lot of people thought that um, that Miles Turner was going to be much better than he actually is, and for whatever reason, he just never took the next step in his game.
0: Right. Would, but um, as far as you know, either getting Malcolm or Lonzo, uh, I would much rather prefer we go after to try to make a trade for uh, Malcolm.
1: Yeah, but then it's it's like I would I would definitely be on on that too. But what are you getting? Like what 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 are we going to be able to give to a team that they find there to be some type of value
0: in? It? Who we'll gives them anybody that name? Zach, Pat, and Thad. <laughs> at this point, yeah, but like
1: <laughs> that—that's the thing. What are we going to be giving that to? Like, who are we going to hoodwink
0: <laughs> in order to yeah, I guess, throw throw some picks in there or something? I don't know.
1: you—you you can't
0: tell me that anybody thinks
1: that uh, Carter is like just needs a change of scenery. Like I—I I, I remember. Like there was some um, article that was on ESPN plus that I wasn't going to pay for, um, <laughs> because you know, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of ESPN's content. Um, now if they offered me a job, Hey, that'd be a totally different story. But um, you know, yeah, they had this article. It was about like, um, like draft picks who could use a change of scenery. And I'm pretty sure that Wendell's face was on like the cover of that um, particular article. And, but it's like, what, what do you, what are you going to be able to get a team to give you if you're trading like Wendell Carter Jr. Like what is somebody going to give you? And I like, you know, I don't even like using the name, junior. I've never called like um, a grown man a junior, but that that's what Wendell Carter is to me, like a junior. Like, I don't think he deserved the respect of not being called a junior at this point. What do you think?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't really know what we could get at this point for Wendell Carter Jr., um, I've seen a report that several teams are interested in Laurie marketing.
1: Yeah. See, even that I'm like, you know, I, I like what Laurie has done this year, but I don't love it. You know, there's like, there's like the old saying, like you, you marry your, your wife or your wife marries a husband, like the wife marries a husband, not the wife marries a husband, but a woman marries a husband, um, a man, because you fall in love with them. You don't, you don't marry somebody because you, you fall in like with them. You know, it's, you're falling in love. Like you're, you're, there are a lot of traits that you're, you're willing to live with for your, the rest of your life that are endearing to you. Um, Does Laurie have that many traits that are endearing to me that I want him to be a part of this team going forward? I don't know about that. That he has some traits that I like, but I don't really see any traits that are love worthy. So it's like are other teams like falling in
0: love with Laurie or are they falling in like with Laurie <laughs> That that would be the question of what Laurie uh could fetch. Um a lot of people I think that he's played his last game with the Bulls, being that, you know, they couldn't reach that contract extension. Uh so they were about four million apart on what he wanted and what the Bulls were willing to give him. So they could if they if they lo- lo- if they're still loving and thinking that Laurie is a big part of the future, you know, you could hold on to him and be able to match any offer. Or if they're just liking what he's doing, as you said, uh, they could look to see what they could get for him by Thursday. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't like.
1: I I don't know what the Bulls have to offer that any team really wants. Like I, you know, we hear these rumors, like uh, like you said, with Lari and Wendell's name has been thrown around. Kobe's name has been thrown around. Um, You know, I I still think like the best route for the Bulls is trying to find some type of veterans who are like not very happy with the situation that they're at that are trying to get out of contracts. And that's why I threw that name around there like um, a DeMar DeRozan. I know he's not he's never been happy about being traded to the um, the Spurs like he's never gotten over that situation with being traded out of Toronto, um, and I know you don't like this name. I know you don't appreciate his skill set, but um, Andre Drummond, I know he can't be satisfied with the situation that he's at. So maybe with the Bulls making a run at those two players, or if Vucevic, if the, the um, Magic decide that you know it doesn't make sense to have any guy Making the money that he's making on that roster, which is not really going anywhere this year, uh, maybe they decide to move on. But as far as like trading for ball or trying to trade for some draft picks and hoping that they eventually mature to to play alongside Levine, like I think that that's very problematic.
0: Yeah. Um... No, uh, just so. Latest report is that some people in the Bulls front office are discussing trying to get Demar Derozan. Yeah, it it would make a perfect perfect Um, sense to me. As far as your guy Andre Drummond, uh, the latest report that if he gets bought out, he's going to the Lakers.
1: How is it that the Lakers just have so much money to just? Now, I don't understand. Like, why, if you have LeBron and you have AD, like, why do you
0: need more? I've never understood that. Like, <laughs> well, you know, LeBron has to have a fully stacked team to true. win championships.
1: That is true. <laughs> Cause that's the only way that's ever going to happen. Even when they won the championship in Cleveland, it was, it was really because. Um, Who was hurt? Who was – there was some – I know that Steph was hurt because in that series, Steph couldn't even shake Kevin Love. So I know he was hurt. If he wasn't able to get by Kevin Love, who's known as a horrendous defender, then I knew that there was something going on with him. But there was some other player who either got hurt or got suspended.
0: I can't remember. Draymond was, I believe, suspended. He picked up a technical or some a flagrant something like that, where he couldn't play. And I think it was Game Five. Okay, so yeah, I've never
1: understood how the greatest player supposedly ever to grace this planet has needed to have this the deck stacked for him, as you brought out. That's always baffled
0: me. That's what happens (laughs) when you're not as great as people think you are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if, if the Bulls can find a way to get themselves some veterans who know how to actually play, like playing some defense, rebounding, passing, knowing how to score in the right situation. Like I I, I go back to like how um Lori has played and, and not just because like he's been bad the, the past six games. Like there were different offensive sets that the Bulls were running, but Laurie he didn't quite know how to get the angle to be able to score on Gobert. Whereas whenever You know, um, with Thad going up against Gobert, Thad would just hit him with an elbow, back him up a little bit, and just drop that hook shot over him. I don't know if that's just a veteran thing to be able to understand or, like, if they don't understand the concept of body positioning. But, you know, at, at this point, like, do you trust any of these young guys that the Bulls currently have being able to fit with Levine.
0: Other mm, than Patrick Wooderson yeah.
1: now. Like, I don't even know how good, um, at this point, I don't know how good Kobe is. I mean, I like him, but if somebody offered up or made a ridiculous offer for Kobe, it wouldn't be out of the, the realm of, of questioning to think that the Bulls would jump at that. I thought if if the Bulls can find a way to like throw everything they could at the um, Sacramento Kings and get Halliburton, that would be a great pickup in my opinion.
0: Uh, I, I just know I think that everybody has come to this point that the Bulls have to make some type of major adjustment to this roster.
1: Yeah, I mean I I mean I I I felt bad for Steven Silas, who's the Rockets head coach who was it looked like he was crying in an interview. I don't know, cuz like the Rockets had like lost 20 straight or some kind of crazy number like that. But I'm looking at this um at B- Billy Donovan and I'm wondering if he thought, you know, this roster might have been a little bit better than what he came to the realization of when he like started actually coaching this group. Like, you know, I look at Donovan and he's been putting them in positions to succeed. I don't think that that that's anything that you can really argue, but as far as them knowing how to do it and as far as them going out and doing it on a nightly basis, that's a totally different thing. And it's, it's funny to me that like a couple of, um, People were saying like on on Twitter and, and other outlets that, you know, the Bulls were playing a um, was playing a back to back games. And I'm like, dude, you guys are like average, like twenty five. The average age is like twenty five years old. Like. Being able to go out and compete and play in a back to back game shouldn't be a problem for you. And I think a lot of people really aren't like we're not really understanding how bad this roster is when we actually look at it in the sense of they're not playing in in front of fans. So like if guys aren't performing as they're playing in empty uh, stadiums, how are they going to perform in like a real playoff format when, you know, fans are allowed to come back? And actually be in the seats and actually root against them, and you know say all kind of things to them. How are they going to perform then? I don't, I don't think it's in a in a positive sight. Like I, I don't think the Bulls, if they can't take the pressure now, when are they actually going to start performing?
0: Right, like said, the the back to back. The thing is, they played against a team. That was missing players, and they had the lead for most of the game. And, you know, those the the bench came in, and they completely lost the lead. And we've seen that all season where when Thad and Temple and Sato were on the bench, the bench played better than the starters. Now you move Sato and Thad to the starting lineup, and the starters are playing better, but the bench – Play is absolutely horrible, and they give up those leads that the starters build. Yeah. So now it has just come to the realization that these players not
1: good. Like even like <laughs> you, if you're telling me that you you have been starting in this line, I'm not really throwing Kobe in there because you know I, I don't really I don't think it's fair to throw him in there just because he's being yanked from being. Like considered more more of an off-ball player, and uh, just a, a score throughout his um, years in high school and throughout you know his one year of playing collegiately. I don't I don't think it's really fair to ask more of him than what he's actually doing. Um, and Kobe has tried to have this mentality of coming out and trying to respond to any type of. No difficulty that they've experienced or challenges that the team has, has. But if you're telling me that you guys can't start together, you can't perform better in a secondary role, like, I, what does that really say? Which goes back to thinking, man. Guard (laughs) packs. What were you doing?
0: (laughs) Oh man, this is why that front office was so terrible. (laughs) Where you have three straight number seven picks, two have been placed in on the bench because they haven't been consistent. You got another one who has not been consistent, and you're possibly going to trade him now instead of, you know, see what the market determines in restricted free agency because he hasn't been consistent enough for you to be like, okay, I know that this guy is who we thought he is, and he's a part of this team's future you're still like well i don't know let's let's see what we can get for him and these are all three number 7 picks that you yep. had where teams have found players that perform more consistent from lower spots so it's like what what were you seeing that determined that these guys were your picks I don't know.
1: And, you know, the thing is, is that that goes back even further in in telling me that they really did not either understand the type of player that they were getting with Levine or they didn't believe that they could build around him. Because, you know, you're trying to get guys that are going to bring – be complementary of your main piece. If Zach Levine was the main piece, then the idea should have been getting guys who were further along in the progress, who didn't need as much seasoning as and who could actually grow with Levine. If you're telling me that you understand that the point guard position has been a difficult position for you all to assess and bring in guys who are capable of running a team and your idea is to bring in kobe white who through no fault of his own was brought in to try to figure out he if he was a lead guard or if he was just a you know a guy who would maybe come in off the bench and score for you i don't understand that type of reasoning now i understand like a lot of people were high on Lori, a lot of people were high on uh, Wendell, but also you didn't bring in competent coaching to see and build those guys up to the players that many people thought they were capable of being. So it's like you shot in your, your foot, you shot yourself in the foot through the draft and you shot yourself in the foot through the coaching hires that you had. And it's just an unbelievably terrible position that that front office has left this organization in.
0: Right, And now you know, AK and Mark have to try to clean this mess up. I think they've of course, of course they're high on Patrick Williams because that was their pick. Um, but I think that they feel that Zach is a player that you can build around and it's going to be interesting to see what they try to do at this deadline. Yeah. Because like, you got to think like if you like
1: signing Zach is not a a definite. Like these people who were like, Oh, so, so much against Zach and, and trying to get, you know, picks for him. You could try to do that. If, you know, um, you feel like there is some type of superstar level talent who is a can't miss. Like if, if, you see a talent in there that's the next LeBron or the next uh, Jordan, that would be one thing. But you, you're you're trying to you're taking the position of, okay, we can trade Levine for these high draft picks. Is there anybody who stands out to you in this year's upcoming draft that you think could actually be as good as Zach Levine? No, no. And then on the other side of that, if you don't, you know, pick up any any higher draft picks, the other side of that is keeping the team that you already have together. So you really have to find a way to build on, like, find a way to bring in some veteran talent that could help get this team into the playoffs, because you're looking at a possible situation where you could Eventually, come down to the point where you have absolutely no one. Like if Zach decides that he's not going to accept another offer, hey. So like this year really has come to be about trying to build around Zach and showing them or showing him that hey, we're going to be trying to bring in some guys who know how to play basketball to be next to you. But I think it's it's really getting frustrating with Zach because. He knows the amount of, of um, pressure that he puts on himself. He knows his work ethic. But when you are banging your head against the wall and you are doing your best and then you really look around your team, and he said great things about these guys to the media, but it's pretty obvious to anyone that they don't have any other players on that team to help him aside from Thad. And uh, Sato. And I'm not even thinking about um, P. Will because he's, you know, rookie. He's 19 years old. The rest of that roster, there is no one around there who can compliment him on a significant level. So at this time of the year, it's about proving to Zach, hey, we're moving in the right direction with getting this team into the playoffs and building veteran players or grabbing veteran players. Players to help push us um, into the next level, but otherwise, like if he if he has to come back next year and sit around and see this is the team that he's going to be playing with, no, I don't think that's going to happen at all.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> speaking of a veteran player and you know, the Gar Packs, their their tension. Remember when. They traded for a player and they called that that was their big free agent acquisition move because they made this trade in season and they they felt confident that that was the player who was is that the that team. they traded for. Um, one Otto Porter Jr., <laughs> <laughs> who who. who, who who has also found himself in a bench <laughs> role and not contributing anything? I can't believe they actually
1: doubled that down, <laughs> like drafting a player or trading for a guy who is not showing that he's capable of being in the starting unit and is not helping in the uh, the bench role too that that's amazing. <laughs>
0: You know, it it sounded great at the time. You're like, okay, Otto Porter Jr., but he can't stay healthy. (laughs) Like, how many games has he played, and how many, how much effect of winning has he had on this team?
1: Yeah, and considering that, you know, he was traded because they didn't want Jabari Parker on this team.
0: Who who was a horrible? Yeah, who shouldn't have (laughs)
1: ever exactly shouldn't have been on the team in the first place. And now we're, like, like if, you, if you were to, like, write this stuff down and no one had ever seen, like, a, a front office work at all, I don't think that they would believe that it would be capable, that a front office would be capable of making so many horrible moves. I really don't. <laughs>
0: Uh, you, you can't even make this up. I mean, you, we, we've got draft picks like Marcus Marcus Teague, Teague was one. Yes. gosh. <laughs> Trade for campaign. He was supposed to be the point guard of future. Who's actually been
1: playing fairly decent for the, the Phoenix Suns. Like, he's, he's shown himself to be a capable person off of the bench. I'm happy that he's found a role for himself because he was just terrible in uh, Chicago. But um, yeah, like it's it's amazing the number the number of baffling mistakes that that front office made. Um, Paul who? Zipster. Paul <sighs> Zipster, and I think he broke his foot like before the the Bulls even. We're looking on his radar. I'm pretty sure that he broke his foot, and they still got him anyway.
0: (laughs) Like, and now you're looking like you're going to add Window Carter Jr. to this list.
1: I don't. I don't know what to say about that.
0: <laughs> you know, you you sign Jabari Parker, get rid of him. Um, you kind of like wasted Nikola yep. Maric. Um,
1: brought in D Wade and brought in um, what was his name? The point guard, Rondo. Rondo has R- Rondo has he even played this year?
0: Where is R- Rondo plays yeah, but has Hawks, he played I mean. any games? I'm not sure I mean the
1: one good thing that the Bulls did also like people were saying like they didn't bring in any they only brought in Garrett Temple as a um free agent, but you also think about the fact that the Bulls could have decided that they were gonna hold on to Chris Dunn. They didn't do that, yeah, thank God, <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. Even though like I think this team could and it's sad to say, but I think this team could use a little bit of Chris Dunn in them. Cause at least Chris Dunn got after you as um as a defender.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was great uh, defensively. No, he, he
1: didn't give didn't you anything, anything else, else, but you knew what you were going to get with him, which was great defense. Um but like, can you say anybody else outside of Levine and Thad are great at anything? And that's no.
0: no. Um Felicio's great at you know, stealing <laughs> money. He's <laughs> got 8 million a year to do nothing. <laughs>
1: it's great at that. Oh man, if I were just like four inches taller and weighed almost a hundred pounds more, I could be Felicio. Just riding the, this is my life. <laughs> my life's dream is be becoming coming Felicio. People say you can't retire on just like a couple of million, but I, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> Because I'm not going to touch that (laughs) in my lifetime.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Don't forget. We we forgot one. Chandler Hutchison. (laughs) Oh, what is going on? They say he's so going
1: through some personal problems that he. they're trying to – like, I hope it's not anything serious because, like, you know, being in the field that I'm in, as, like being a teacher, there are so many things that people go through, that kids go through, that you have absolutely no idea that they're having to deal with. Um, but, you know, since Chandler Hutchinson has been here – he has been often injured. Um, I think that the team thought that he would transition into being the next Chris Dunn in a way, like somebody that, that could guard multiple positions and was just going to wreak havoc on teams defensively. And I probably try to like develop him into a three and D player. I don't know what the Bulls really saw. In Hutchinson, um, other than that, and then that he was lengthy, and if you looked at him from afar, you might think that he could be a Scottie Pippen type player for the Bulls, at, as far as defensively. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why he was taken. Like he came in with Wendell, right? So that's yeah, two wasted. And he was a first round pick too. What wasn't right? So that's, I believe so. That's two f- first round draft picks that you just wasted on in the following year. And I'm not saying that Kobe's a waste, but you know, no. He's not what the team needed. So you had four opportunities. To address what this team needed, and you didn't. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, you're, you're not, you can't really live down missing out on first round draft picks, especially when you're drafting in the lottery. You just, you got to come away with something.
0: Hmm. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> uh huh. I don't. I, the last thing I saw is that Chandler had posted on Instagram saying he'd be back soon. So I I don't think it was anything too serious. Um. But I I don't I don't know. he'll be no back soon. What does that back. even mean?
1: Like you'll be back to being on the bench <laughs> soon. You'll be back to missing <laughs> three pointers. Um. Like, he did go through, like, somewhat of a stretch last year where it seemed like he was coming into his own um, as far as being able to make plays on, um, you know, in transition. He wasn't a great finisher around the rim. So all of that athleticism that he has, like, it really wasn't going anywhere um, because it's like he jumps in the air and it's like he's still thinking about what he's – trying to do when he is in the air trying to go to the basket. Like I've never seen anything like it. Like he's right at the basket and somehow it's like he just fumbles it through. So it's like at this point, are we just trying to find a guard who doesn't dribble off of his foot? Uh, Can we find a three and D player who can stay healthy and finish at the rim, like it's those kind of moves that the Bulls need to make.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, as I get in, I get into like into this this Denver game. Uh, it's another game. We were up late. They blow the lead. The last few seconds leave Jamal Murray open for three, which forces overtime. And
1: they go on to lose that game.
0: And it's another one where it's like, if Zach had a little bit of help, they would have beat a Western Conference team. And, you know, they put the stat up last night since the All Star break. Against teams that are five hundred or better, the Bulls are oh and ten.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I mean that I'm that pretty. Some much sums up where this team is at right now. They're just, I mean, no matter like we we talk about them getting into, um, you know, a play in situation. We talk about them doing like their record being much better than what was last year because last year this team was nowhere near sniffing 500 um, so you you do have to give them some some kind of credit for for that uh, staying near the 500 mark like they have this year and essentially it's the same team that they had from last year minus a couple of players um, but yeah if like if we're noticing that like I guarantee you Zach is noticing the same things realizing that these guys just aren't good enough um, there were a couple of plays that could have, like, helped the Bulls out. Like, um, if Wensado, like, there was, like, the closing seconds. I think it was, like, 50 seconds or something like that that were left in the game. If he just holds on to the ball instead of trying to pass it off onto um, to Kobe White, who for whatever reason went out of went out of bounds. I I have no idea why he would be running up the court and find himself out of bounds. But if, if, if Sato just pulls that ball back and just holds onto the ball, allows the team to regroup. Um, There was the, the one play also where um, Kobe went to the basket and he got hit. He was, he was fouled, got hit right on the arm. No whistle was blown. So, you know, that's an and one that would have – it would have been harder for the the Nuggets to pull off coming back if that play puts the Bulls back up four. Um, and then, of course, there was like out of the timeout, it was funny because if you look at that play that the Nuggets ran where they threw it into the post for uh, Jokic who was being guarded by Zach – Like, he wasn't looking to score that ball at all. He was looking for the guy who was going to be outside because he knew that he was going to get a mismatch with Zach. And it's like he had in his idea that they were going to come and double him hard. Why they would try to double him, like why Thad would leave uh, Jamal Murray over um, in the corner to go cover when you're up by three. Like, a a two-point shot is not going to – harm you at all um so there's plenty of blame to go around with the veterans and there was plenty of blame to go around with the um the younger players so those are those those types of games that you have to like remind them as a coach like you have to be in the moment you have to be thinking like no one like the the coaches can come up with plays but they can't do the thinking for you while you're out on the court. You have to be engaged. And you know, I've been saying this from from last year really. Like the Bulls just take too many plays off in their offensive sets and in their defensive sets. And they just they gotta find a way to get mentally tougher with
0: that. Right. And you know, Billy Donovan's kind of called them out on that and know his press conferences he said the the teams they play like they're entitled yeah, for things to go their way, like they wanted to go their way, so that's how it should happen, but they're not doing what they're supposed to do to make it happen
1: and it it's you know, like you can say like it's a team thing like you know or like that last game like it was obvious to me that Zach was just like taking jumpers just he was like i'm just going to do whatever um and i think that that like it's really starting to boil over because he really wants to get into the playoffs like you don't become an all-star just for you to sit out of the playoffs that kind of defeats the purpose of having an all-star year um so like you know it's it's starting to have a negative impact which is why i say again Bulls need to go out and make some changes because it's either these young guys don't get it, or a lot of these guys just aren't engaged from um, with every single possession. It's it's like when you were looking at championship teams, they don't take off. Aside from the like the teams like of the past couple of years, um, when you look at those great teams from like the Bulls era, it was like we're gonna beat you down for three quarters and we're going to just coast the, the last quarter. Like there are many games. I remember that like uh, Pippen and Jordan will go to the bench. And it was like, you didn't see them. So, because <laughs> uh, yep. they're like, Hey, we built up a 25 point lead on somebody. You guys should be competent enough to be able to um, hold that team back with either playing smart defensively, or you know, taking smart shots um, offensively. So they don't have that mentality of stepping on opponents and just keep stepping on them until they just commit. Because like if you're blowing a team out by, by 20-something points and it gets down to the end of the third quarter, that team should not have a chance to get back in the game in the fourth quarter. And the Bulls just don't have that mentality.
0: No, no, and they don't have the players no. to make
1: it happen. <laughs> so it's like, okay, um, you saw that with um, with Kobe starting, Laurie starting, um, Wendell starting, and Patrick Williams starting. Like the uh, the offense, as you you brought up before, it was just a mess. It was a mess offensively, and it was a mess defensively. Guys just not knowing where they're supposed to be. Guys not helping, not communicating. And you throw Thad and um Sato in there, and all of a sudden there's an improvement on offensively and defensively with the starting unit. But another key component is it, that was kind of hindering this this team back is you don't have another guy on there who's makes smart plays with Temple being out. Um and I think that that's also hurting the Bulls too. Like I I, I don't think that people put a enough emphasis on the impact that having guys like sato and temple in thad have on you know helping those guys make the right decisions when they're out there Um, and just knowing how how to make plays um yeah i just i don't it, it does feel like to me like a lot of these guys came out and they just like you said they feel entitled like Okay, we put in a certain amount of work. We should be done. And it, it often feels like to me, now I might be overstating this because the Bulls have been losing, but it, it just seems like to me that this team doesn't play with a lot of passion um, when they're not winning. You know, it's like the one yeah. thing, like I, I look at like, it was, um, it was um, Joachim, Joachim uh, Noah that was at the game last night. And I always thought of Noah as one of those guys. He wasn't the best rebounder. He wasn't the best, you know, shot creator. But he just played with passion and energy. And it's like the Bulls just don't have that on a consistent basis. Like if any of these young guys, I look at them and I wonder like, do you like playing basketball? Um, like, do you, <laughs> do you go out there and, or do you have that mindset that no one's going to embarrass me? That is going up against me. Like I'm going to man my position. And it, it just, it doesn't feel like you get that from any of these young guys uh, where they're at in their development right now. Like Kobe Kobe will compete,
0: but, you know. I was going to say, except for Denzel. Oh, he yes. Those, he was with, really three feeling so. He, he acted, <laughs> like, he, he acted yeah. like he hit 50 points or something. And who were they
1: playing against? It was, like, wasn't that OKC? Probably. It was I, probably I was like,
0: OKC game.
1: OK, there they they were good shots, but, you know, you're – you're not playing a playoff caliber team. Like those are shots that you should be hitting on a regular basis. Um, uh, no. no, I know it wasn't the OKC
0: game. He was open. Oh, it wasn't o- OK.
1: So it wasn't OKC. So what? What game was that?
0: It wasn't OKC. Um, let's see. Maybe it was against the Raptors. And so on time, three or okay. six from three. It was probably that game against the Raptors. Yeah, where
1: they're playing against, uh, not against Siakam. Um, who else was missing on that team? <laughs> Fred Van Fleet was, yeah, I everybody, everybody, else everybody was,
0: but Lowry like, was missing?
1: Like, you can't have this much excitement beating a team where <laughs> none of their starters are playing except for one guy. And that's the thing it's like priorities just seem to be totally screwed up and i somehow i stumbled upon like valentine's um album and i somehow pressed play i don't know if i might have had maybe someone drugged me um yeah and (laughs) i look at stuff like that and i'm like where are your priorities
0: I mean, he's dropping up an uh, album on Valentine's Day. It was, it was Denzel Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> I keep checking my Twitter feed to see if the Bulls have made some kind of
0: trick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Like, have they done anything? Have they done anything? I just find myself... Um, pressing refresh. Oh look, Draymond Green says he's the greatest defender to ever play in the NBA.
0: Well, no trade deadline moves really don't happen until like the day of the deadline and like the night going into it, so maybe tomorrow night and going into Thursday we'll we'll get some type of alert that the Bulls made a trade for somebody. I'm hoping. Um
1: oh look, Lonzo Ball was out for tonight's game against the Lakers. <laughs> right hip flexor strain. Just saw so that yeah. I I wanna I wanna Just pay so that guy <laughs> fifteen million to twenty million dollars per year. Yeah. That's who I want to commit to.
0: Yeah, and that's the, the yeah that's the thing that if you trade for Lonzo he's a yeah. restricted free agent too so you know you could still lose him if somebody's like oh, we're going to pay him this ridiculous amount because we believe in Lonzo and are you going to match to pay yeah, Lonzo it's... Ball <sighs> It is it's, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do.
1: Now I see people are saying Lonzo Ball should be traded to the Clippers.
0: <laughs> I saw that the Knicks um were were trying to get him. Knicks. Um
1: Yeah, no. Although, like, the the Knicks haven't been good with (laughs) drafting recently either. Like, um, Obi Toppin, like, has, like, what is he? I think he I looked up and I saw he was averaging, like, eight minutes per game. Um, Kevin Fox was a total disappointment. That four that came out of Kentucky. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's not like other teams haven't totally – uh, screwed up their draft and bringing in free agents too. So, I guess like that's one thing. The Bulls are not alone with that. So, I think that we are really left with hoping. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to put this lightly. I think that, um, P. Williams is going to be like a player in this league. And it would surprise me if he doesn't develop into an all star, given his talent and given, um, Arturis' ability to to look deep into the draft and evaluate quality players like that would be surprising to me if he didn't. I know a lot of people are given like a lamello and um, that rookie out of uh, in Minnesota a lot of love right now but it would be it would really surprise me if he doesn't develop into like a top
0: two-way player. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So yeah, the report said that the Knicks were searching for a third team to take Bledsoe's contract and the potential buyout. Bledsoe. Be- Bledsoe, Bledsoe
1: plays on the Knicks now?
0: No, he he plays for the Pelicans, but the Knicks were trying to find a third team that would take oh, him so whatever. they could just
1: get Alonso. Wish you well with that. Another another overpaid <laughs> <laughs> average, I don't even want to say that Bledsoe is an average point guard now, like I kind of put him and Lonzo Ball on that same level yeah <laughs> shots fired that's
0: how I feel about that <laughs>
1: And you know it's 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 so funny because like people are like, well, you know the Bulls need to find a point guard. No team is going to give up like an all-star level point guard um, if your name is Russell Westbrook or John Wall. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, so the real thing is is to try to find a point guard who is going to be able to develop later on in the draft because, you know, I, I know Chris Paul was, was given up, but I think like a lot of like, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like um, you could necessarily talk about Chris Paul in that same light because he was playing in a bad position, but was still able to get that Pelicans team into the playoffs. So you understood the value that that guy would have with, a young team and trying to bring in draft picks, but for the most part, really, you know, point guards aren't just being moved around the league on a year end basis. So that, that's where the bull they, they, they found themselves in like, it's a really tough position because it's a, a position that hasn't really been addressed in years, at least effectively. So I, what do the Bulls do now to like fill that void that they that they need filled to get a quality starting point guard? I don't know.
0: I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> Other than maybe if. Really, see if the pace is serious for Boglin and see how he would fit yep. next to Zach. Otherwise, we're going to get blown out again uh, by teams like the Jazz. Like Who do they play next? <laughs> okay, we play so the Cavaliers next.
1: There's a chance that we win that game. Is, is that? there. I don't want to be that person. who's like, you know, um, being a downer. I I can't really say that. You know, the Bulls should be able to beat this team, or they should be able to beat that team, because with where the with with how they're playing lately, it's like you don't really know. Like, I don't think there's any. Any game in the near future where you're like, okay, yeah, the Bulls are definitely going to win that that um, game. Which is, it's funny. Like, um, like just a few weeks ago, we were saying that there were games where we're like, yeah, the Bulls are gonna, definitely going to pull this out. Um, yeah, we were wrong, but they were still we were wrong. You know that that hope, that optimism that was there. Um.
0: Yeah, I... I, I I'm gonna tell you now. Man, <laughs> I have no optimism for these next games that are coming up. Other than tomorrow against Cleveland, I am optimistic that we should win that one. But then we have San Antonio again, and you know we should have beat them the first time, but we didn't. Uh, we have Golden State. Then we have Phoenix in Utah again. So <laughs> that that's not a no, convenient stretch um, of games. Uh, and then we have Brooklyn <laughs> after Utah. And, and
1: as presently um, put together as that team is, like it would only it like the Nets wouldn't even necessarily need to have any of the the big three out there um, and still be able to pull off a win against this team. So like I I feel bad because I I feel like I brought you to where I was last year and say, nope, not putting <laughs> any faith in that. Nope. Um so I feel like I've drug you down this dark path. I don't I don't want it I don't want it to end like this, Derek, where you're <laughs> on my side. Like somebody has to have some kind of optimism about this team moving forward.
0: I mean, it's all going to depend on me for tomorrow's game. If we beat Cleveland, possibly, you know, we go in and we get the job done this time against the Spurs. After that, you know, Steph and Golden State, I don't think so. (laughs) Phoenix, no. (laughs) Utah, they just blew us out. It wasn't that long ago that this – team was like competing
1: hey. their butts off against like like uh like golden State
0: they played Golden State very well yeah um, they played the games where they should have beat the Lakers that game they should have beat yeah. the Clippers the time as we played them they they didn't pull them off but at least they were close and we were like "Well, they were right there they almost had it so now you're you, you're almost getting there because you're building these twenty twenty three twenty five point leads, and then the fourth quarter comes and you're below it yeah it's like and then last night it was yeah, just blown yeah, after it was, was over the
1: first quarter after the first quarter they were only down by what was it like six points or something like that I mean I was like it's over. Because yeah, i yeah, I tuned in six. it was like seventeen <laughs> to twenty three I think, and I was like, Oh, they scored seventeen uh first quarter points that's nah, it's it's done it's done
0: yeah was like we we were down six I'm watching the game on my phone and you know, my son he, he he likes to grab my phone and Start pressing buttons and it gets the game out. And I have to try to get the phone away from him and pull the game back up. And when I do, we're like, Yeah, 18. I'm like, What the hell happened? <laughs> i like, oh, I was watching a watch little bit of the game on my tablet, and
1: then my tablet, um, it didn't have any power on it. I didn't realize it didn't, so I was like, Okay, let me just follow the um, the feed off of the ES bin. ESPN app and I was like, wait, what? How we it was just six points. And then it was like, oh yeah, they have to put in the bench eventually at the end of a quarter. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um,
0: so hopefully we get this win some more. <laughs> Against the Cleveland Cavaliers, we have no. That shouldn't matter for
1: you because you're a big Drummond hater. Um,
0: (laughs) I am that a Drummond hater. (laughs) But, like I said, he he seems from reports he's going to go to the Lakers. Um. Kevin Love's not playing
1: for the league. I don't know if he's even played this year. I think he played a couple of games at the beginning of the year, and then that's just been it.
0: So we're looking at Colin Saxon and and, um, Darius Garland.
1: What's that center's name? Uh, Culver? Is it? No, it's not Culver. Uh, Jared Allen. Isn't he on that team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's uh, why Is he? That's why they don't have uh um, train, um, him? um Drummond playing is because they're they're trying to like get more play with Jared Allen. And all of this to say that the Bulls are the number nine seed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was I just looking at the like we're still I don't understand in the what's going on in the East right now. <laughs> it's, it's like, go figure. We're still in the get play. I <laughs> uh. So, in reality, there is still a chance that this team can get into the playoffs. Yeah. It's just. Will it be the team that's constructed as it is right now, or will there be a roster change that pushes them into the playoffs yep. slash play in?
1: I you know, if if the Bulls find a way to just get rid of Otto Porter Junior's contract for something, <laughs> that would be impressive to me alone. Just get something out of that because you went from Jabari <laughs> Parker to Otto Porter and, and, you know, I, I've literally thought since Porter has been on this team that he was in his thirties um, and dude is like 27. <laughs> I hear, I was thinking that Porter was like 32 33 years old. He's 27. Isn't he? Uh, yeah. It's funny because I think that his skill set that he he has would complement uh, Levine very well. Um, the idea of Otto Porter not what he is right now the idea of him you know uh, a guy who can knock down shots right. he can play some defense um, you can play him between the 3 and the 4 and you know that would be a a nice piece that the that you would say okay it makes sense we have at least we have Porter on this team if we can find somebody else to kind of build around Zach but like yeah, it is what it is. Man, Denzel Valentine is twenty
0: seven too. Uh, I, uh... <laughs> no, I, I understand why you're confused with Denzel. Yeah, like it's the old man's game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if we could find a way to get Gafford some more minutes. I know people were down on Gafford, but at least when he comes in, he plays with energy.
0: Yeah, he. he yeah, and he played really well at the game. Um, I guess that was what. Yes, that was the Detroit game where we the one we won. Yeah, I don't remember he seeing at at all last night.
1: Like there was some kind of combination that had Luke Cornett and. Um, marketing and i was just blown away by it i was like this feels like a (laughs) boy a boiling
0: coaching decision (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah he did because in
1: that third quarter i think the bulls were trying to to bring in you know someone with some energy and then i think um Carter had gotten hurt, right? It was, um, I think he got scratched around his eyes or something. He got poked in the eye. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah,
1: if we could get guys who don't <laughs> dribble off their foot, um, don't pass the guys out of bounds, and don't hurt their other teammates, that would be good.
0: Oh man, seeing the minutes that they played is hilarious. <laughs> Lucranet played two minutes. <laughs> Felicio played one. I guess Billy was like, no. Th- th- this Let me is just get work. a quick look at what this. Oh no,
1: no, that's not
0: good. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> you only get two minutes and a minute. you make making how much and per a year? Blowout. <laughs> yeah. Who Felicia? Yeah, eight million a year. What? And you got it one minute in a blowout. Oh man, like this—a <laughs> one-minute zeros all across the board, negative four plus minus. How are you a negative four in one minute? Oh man. We have
1: to review stuff like that to keep us from, like, dying over here. Um,
0: And yet, with all (laughs) of that, negative eight and two. Cornette was negative eight and two. (laughs) Zeroes across the board. And yet
1: again, still with a chance to make the playoffs. So, that's that's that. Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Thursday's gonna be real interesting. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't wait for Thursday. Oh man. Oh. I
1: would settle if if they got TJ McConnell, like that would be great for me. I'm excited about TJ McConnell. What does that tell you with the state of the bulls point guard play? <laughs>
0: The the state of the Bulls point guard play is to where even I'm not that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that Longer. at
1: some point in this in this podcast today. I was like, <laughs> Derek's going to come over to the dark side. I know he is. I know he is. <laughs> and I, I I figured it even more when you said that Stacy was more on track with it. But yeah.
0: I, I'm not completely opposed <laughs> at first I used to be completely opposed like no, keep him off the team I don't want I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear his dad <laughs> talk about anything uh, that has to do with the bulls. <laughs> now it's just like I don't know maybe just maybe maybe Zach needs some defensive help that'll help him and make things a little easier. I don't know. I I, I don't know at this point. A little side note. <laughs> did you know that,
1: like, uh, Wendell has, like, 56,000 followers?
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think Laurie might have more, but he's more, you know, international. Um, man, I just wish that Laurie from the international would come back, like – Lori from Finland. So I did I. he
0: was back when he had that duck. <laughs> like, yes, that's Lori we're talking about. We need to keep him. We need to reassign him. Next game, he puts up like three points, and you're like, what the hell, Lori?
1: We have a point guard we're who to this. dribbles too high in Kobe White, and we have like power forwards <laughs> and and um, centers that dribble too low have you ever noticed that when like Wendell or or Laurie goes to the post it's like why are you so much lower than everybody else like you have a small person on you and you're you're like almost like to your waist that like I, I don't I don't understand what they're doing there
0: Yeah, uh, Laurie is seven foot one. Yeah, like, have you noticed that, like,
1: when he posts people up, he becomes the size of that player? (laughs) Like, like, uh, whenever he's posting up, like, a six foot one player, he does this thing where he becomes that player's size. I don't, and it's like very awkward looking because he has such long arms. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if our show went off the rails with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, this this is the pre-trade deadline <laughs> episode. We're going to go here and there and everywhere to see what can the Bulls do <laughs> to try to fix it. It shouldn't
1: team. be funny, but it is.
0: It just is. And the consensus is there's no one answer. <laughs> <sighs> boy. I haven't laughed this long. <laughs> what? Thanks, Garpax. <laughs> well, so thanks, we, Garpax. we should
1: thank him because I haven't laughed this hard on a podcast in a long time. I needed that, Garpax. So thank you. <laughs> thank you.
0: Card <laughs> pack. Oh man, um, yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll see if the Bulls can get this win against the Cavs tomorrow. And um, you know, it, it, I I I think it was our fault that we kind was of that? lost track of the model for this season. Oh yes, yes. Um no hope for the best prepare for the worst no we didn't prepare for the worst no and it's (laughs) i don't know is this um slate
1: that is going on with the bulls like is it as depressing as it was last year just because like last year we didn't have any expectations like any real expectations but it was a tough year that was a tough year.
0: Like, no, last year was horrible.
1: And then getting around to like when COVID was starting, that was that was a really tough year. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, hope for the best, prepare for the worst.
0: Justin, wanna get any final <laughs> thoughts other than?
1: Well, you know, the motto um, of the season. I would I would not bet against the Bulls finding someone trading for anybody. Um, I, I want to say there's like maybe like a 75 percent chance that the Bulls are going to upgrade this roster to try to get into the playoffs. So
0: there's that. Okay. Um yeah, I, I'm hoping they make a move. I think it's more than likely that they will find some type of deal. Hopefully it's hopefully are able to I don't know, get maybe get DeMar DeRozan. Have him play the three move Pat to the four.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly could see like them I having know. a shot trying um, him out of out of um, the the Spurs prying him away from the Spurs cuz he doesn't want to be there
0: Yeah um, I don't know get 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 auto portage in your office.
1: <laughs> yeah I could I could definitely see that So yeah I'm I'm going to even up it to 80%. 80% chance that the Bulls add somebody to this <laughs> roster who can help them this year how about that we want to we want to leave on a good note bulls nation so i'm giving it 80 percent chance
0: 80 percent chance somebody that helps the team right now would a
1: higher percentage than anything that i've said around the bulls since we've started this podcast <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to leave it at that 80% chance. And you can find me on Twitter at
0: he said what sports. And you can find me at young Jordan. You will follow the Bulls Nation, uh, the Bulls Nothing Twitter account. And we will continue to. Hope for the best and prepare for the worst Bulls Nation. As we take on the Cleveland Clavaliers tomorrow night. Hopefully next time we talk to you guys we will be talking about the DeMar newest DeRozan. Bull. <laughs> Hopefully DeMar Rosa. <laughs> Until next time. Game over. The horn blow.